Hi, today's May the 12th, and I'm Wimala, and we are suddenly feeling like it's the middle of the summer here, so we go from our gray, dreary, rainy days to uh, 90 degrees yesterday, up to about 92 or 93, and today it's going to be the same. So um, everything changes constantly. This is, <laughs> next week it's probably going to be cooler. So this is this is the way life is, right? One day it's great, the next day we get a phone call or we get some information and things change for the good or for the worse. But that's why that's why the Buddhist teachings have appealed to so many of us because it allows us to see more clearly that this is the way the world this is the way the world is. So we're learning to operate in this world and uh, understand it better so it doesn't get us down. So today I wanted to read a little bit. This is a book that my good friend Todd gave me, Becoming Your Own Therapist, and it's by Lama Yeshe. And he's a Tibetan, he was, uh, he's a Tibetan Lama he was born in Tibet and educated at the Sarah Monastic University in Lhasa. In 59, he fled the Chinese aggression and continued his study and practice in Tibetan refugee camps in India. In 69, with his chief disciple, Lama Tubten Zopa Rinpoche, he began teaching Buddha to Westerners at their monastery in Nepal. And in 1974, at the invitation of their international students, the, those two lamas began traveling the world to spread the Dhamma. So they have uh, founded the foundation for the preservation of the Mahayana tradition, and uh, that is a group that has over 30 countries represented. So... This, he is a, a teacher with a big following, and I'd like to just begin to read a little bit of this book called Becoming Your Own Therapist. And these are from lectures of his, and each one then has questions and answers. So let's read a little bit and see how we like it. And it might be something where we can talk about the questions and answers finding ourselves through Buddhism. When we study Buddhism, we are studying ourselves, the nature of our own minds. Instead of focusing on some supreme being, Buddhism emphasizes more practical matters, such as how to lead our lives, how to integrate our minds, and how to keep our everyday lives peaceful and healthy. In other words, Buddhism always accentuates experiential knowledge, wisdom. He, and he hyphenates knowledge, wisdom. Buddhism always accentuates experiential knowledge, wisdom, rather than some dogmatic view. In fact, we don't even consider Buddhism to be a religion in the usual sense of the term. From the Lama's point of view, Buddhist teachings are more in the realm of philosophy, science, or psychology. 
The human mind instinctively seeks happiness. East, west, there's no difference. Everybody's doing the same thing. But if your search for happiness causes you to grasp emotionally at the sense world, it can be very dangerous. You have no control. Now don't think that control is an Eastern thing, a Buddhist thing. We all need control, especially those of us caught up in the materialistic life. Psychologically, emotionally, we're too involved in objects of attachment. From the Buddhist point of view, that's an unhealthy mind. You're mentally ill when you're too involved in objects of attachment. Actually, you already know that external scientific, technological development alone cannot satisfy the desires of your attachment or solve your other emotional problems. But what Lord Buddha's teaching shows you is the characteristic nature of human potential, the capacity of the human heart, of the, the human mind. When you study Buddhism, you learn what you are and how to develop further. Instead of emphasizing some kind of supernatural belief system, Buddhist methods teach you to develop a deep understanding of yourself and all other phenomena. However, whether you are religious or a materialist, a believer or an atheist, it is crucial, crucial that you know how your own mind works. If you don't, you'll go around thinking you're healthy, when in reality, the deep root of afflictive emotions, the true cause of all psychological disease, is there, growing within you. Because of that, all it takes is some tiny external thing changing, something insignificant going wrong, and within a few seconds, you're completely upset. And we all know that, we all know that feeling, that's that phone call or that, uh, you know, thing that can change just our mood from one mood to another, up or down. So I'll read that sentence again. Because of that, the true cause, the deep is the deep root of afflictive emotions, the true cause of all physical psychological disease. It's there growing within us. Because of that, all it takes is some tiny external thing changing, something insignificant going wrong. And within a few seconds you're completely upset. To me, that shows you're mentally ill. Why? Because you're obsessed with the sense world, blinded by attachment, and under the control of the fundamental cause of all problems. Ignorance of the true nature of your own mind. It doesn't matter if you try to refute what I'm saying by telling me that you don't believe it. It's not a question of belief. No matter how much you say, I don't believe I have a nose. Your nose is still there, right between your eyes. Your nose is always there, whether you believe it or not. I've met many people who proudly proclaim, I'm not a believer. They're so proud of their professional lack of belief in anything. You check up. This is important to know. 
In the world today, there are so many contradictions. Scientific materialists boast, I don't believe. Religious people say, I believe. But no matter what you think, you still need to know the characteristic nature of your own mind. If you don't, then no matter how much you talk about the shortcomings of attachment, you have no idea what attachment actually is or how to control it. Words are easy. What's really difficult is to understand the true nature of attachment. And this is a question we always have, even as Buddhists. Like, is it bad to be attached to my family or to my children? Or uh, What is attachment or what's too much attachment? Uh, that's a constant question we ask. And we know that that's what we're studying. For example, when people first made cars and planes, their intention was to be able to do things more quickly so that they'd have more time for rest. But what's happened instead is that people are more restless than ever. Examine your own everyday life. Because of attachment, you get emotionally involved in a concrete sense world of your own creation denying yourself the space or time to see the reality of your own mind. To me, that's the very definition of a difficult life. You cannot find satisfaction or enjoyment. The truth is that pleasure and joy actually come from the mind, not from external phenomena. Nevertheless, some intelligent, skeptical people do understand to a degree that material objects do not guarantee a worthwhile, enjoyable life and are trying to see if there really is something else that might offer true satisfaction. When Buddha spoke, and and he always uh, uh, gives him the title of Lord Buddha, just out of respect. When Lord Buddha spoke about suffering, he wasn't referring simply to superficial problems like illness and injury, but to the fact that the dissatisfied nature of the mind itself is suffering. No matter how much of something you get, it never satisfies your desire for better or more. This unceasing desire is suffering. Its nature is emotional frustration. Buddhist psychology describes six basic emotions that frustrate the human mind, disturbing its peace, making it restless. Ignorance, attachment, anger, pride, diluted doubt, and distorted views. Let me see what he's... These are the six basic emotions that frustrate the human mind disturbing its peace. So, these are mental attitudes, not external phenomena. Buddhism emphasizes that to overcome these delusions, the root of all suffering, belief and faith are not much help. You have to understand their nature. If you do not investigate your own mind with introspective knowledge, knowledge, wisdom, you will never see what's in there. Without checking, 
no matter how much you talk about your mind and your emotions, you'll never really understand that your basic emotion is egocentricity, egocentricity, and that this is what's making you restless. Now, to overcome your ego, you don't have to give up all your possessions. Keep your possessions. They're not what's make what's making your life difficult. You're restless because you are clinging to your possessions with attachment. Ego and attachment pollute your mind, making it unclear, ignorant, and agitated, and preventing the light of wisdom from growing. The solution to this problem is meditation. It's right there. Here's a solution to overcome your ego. Meditation does not imply only the development of single-pointed concentration, sitting in some corner doing nothing. Meditation is an alert state of mind, the opposite of sluggishness. Meditation is wisdom. You should remain aware every moment of your daily life, fully conscious of what you are doing and why and how you are doing it. We do almost everything unconsciously. We eat unconsciously. We drink unconsciously. We talk unconsciously. Although we claim to be conscious, we are completely unaware of the afflictions rampaging through our minds, influencing everything we do. Check up for yourselves. Experiment. I'm not being judgmental or putting you down. This is how Buddhism works. It gives you ideas that you can check out in your own experience to see if they're true or not. It's very down-to-earth. I'm not talking about something way up there in the sky. It's actually a very simple thing. If you don't know the characteristic nature of attachment and its objects, How can you generate loving-kindness towards your friends, your parents, or your country? From the Buddhist point of view, it's impossible. When you hurt your parents or your friends, it's your unconscious mind at work. When acting out his anger, the angry person is completely oblivious as to what's happening in his mind. Being unconscious makes us hurt, and disrespect other sentient beings. Being unaware of our own behavior and mental attitude makes us lose our humanity. That's all. It's so simple, isn't it? These days, people study and train to become psychologists. Lord Buddha's idea is that everybody should become a psychologist. Each of you should know your own mind, You should become your own psychologist. This is definitely possible. Every human being has the ability to understand his or her own mind. When you understand your own mind, control follows naturally. This is so easy to understand, right? It's not maybe not as easy to do, but it certainly makes sense. As I said, don't think that control is just some Himalayan trip or that it must be easier for people who don't have many possessions. That's not necessarily true. 
Next time you are emotionally upset, check for yourself. Instead of distracting yourself by busily doing something, relax and try to become aware of what you're doing. That's just, I'm going to read this part again because it's just, this is so good, so true. Next time you are emotionally upset, check for yourself. Instead of distracting yourself by busily doing something, relax and try to become aware of what you're doing. Ask yourself, why am I doing this? How am I doing it? What's the cause? You will find this to be a wonderful experience. What's the cause? Your main problem is a lack of intensive knowledge, wisdom, awareness, or consciousness. Therefore, you will discover that through understanding, you can easily solve your problem. Problems. To feel loving kindness for others, you have to know the nature of the object. If you don't, then even though you say, I love him, I love her, it's just your arrogant mind taking you on yet another ego trip. Make sure you know how and why. It is very important that you become your own psychologist. Then you can treat yourself through the understanding wisdom of your own mind. You'll be able to relax with and enjoy your friends and possessions instead of becoming restless and berserk and wasting your life. To become your own psychologist, you don't have to learn some big philosophy. All you have to do is examine your own mind every day. You already examine material things every day. Every morning you check out the food in your kitchen, but you never investigate your mind. Checking your mind is much more important. Nevertheless, most people seem to believe the opposite. They seem to think that they can simply buy the solution to whatever problem you're, they're facing. The materialistic attitude that money can buy whatever you need to be happy, that you can purchase a peaceful mind, is obviously not true. Even, but even though you may not say the words, this is what you're thinking. It's a complete misconception. Even people who consider themselves religious need to understand their own minds. Faith alone never stops problems. Understanding knowledge, wisdom, always does. Lord Buddha himself said that belief in Buddha was dangerous, that instead of just believing in something, people should use their minds to try to discover their own true nature. Belief based on understanding is fine. Once you realize or are intellectually clear about something, belief follows automatically. But if your faith is based on misconceptions, it can easily be destroyed by what others say. Unfortunately, even though they consider themselves religious, many spiritually inclined people are weak. Why? Because they don't understand the true nature of their minds. If you really know what your mind is and how it works, you'll understand that's what's preventing you 
that, that what's preventing you from being healthy is only mental energy. When you understand your own mind's view or perception of the world, you'll realize that not only are you constantly grasping at the sense world, but also that you're grasping that what you're grasping at is merely imaginary. You will see that you're too concerned about what's going to happen in a non-existent future and totally unconscious of the present moment that you are living for a mere projection. Don't you agree that a mind that is unconscious in the present and constantly grasping at the future is unhealthy? It is important to be conscious in your everyday life. The nature of conscious awareness and wisdom is peace and joy. You don't need to grasp at some future resultant joy. As long as you follow the path of right understanding and right action to the best of your ability, the result will be immediate, simultaneous with the action. You don't have to think, if I spend my lifetime acting right, perhaps I'll get some good result in my next life. You don't need to obsess over the attainment of future realizations. As long as you act in the present, with as much understanding as you possibly can, you'll realize everlasting peace in no time at all. And I think that's enough for me. Better that we have a question and answer session instead of me talking all the time. Thank you. And then, that was I thought that was pretty wonderful. He's pretty clear about his message. And then he follows with um, <clears throat> several Yeah, very good questions. Many more questions and answers. Uh, his message is pretty short. And then the rest of the chapter. <clears throat> the rest of the chapter are the answers, his uh, answers. And the next chapter is called Religion, the Path of Inquiry. So... I've used up all of our time for today. <clears throat> and uh, I think we don't have time to sit, but we let's take a few minutes to do that anyway. So I hope you like this. This is very easy to read him and understand him. So I'm kind of excited about it for myself. And uh, it, and he's a very well-known, I'm not sure if Yama, Lama Yeshe, Yeshe is still alive or not. I'll have to check up on that. But uh, very influential. And uh, it's good. He's a Tibetan teacher, and I think it's really good to get a taste. We're getting a taste of different, the different schools of Buddhism. And I think there's some, there's, Nothing wrong with that, and there's much to learn. And sometimes a different style of talking about something uh, or different examples even or just a different way of teaching can be really helpful because it might be something that we can really grasp and see uh, clearly. So why don't we just sit for a few minutes 
thinking about uh, this this reading about being our own psychologist and understanding the nature of our minds. Uh, it doesn't matter who we are or what religion we are or what uh, what we believe in. That understanding our own minds is a very important quality to be able to live a good life. So let's just sit. We'll sit for about three or four minutes. Just be with the breath. And if you have thoughts arising, maybe from the reading or a question you might have, just just allow those thoughts to come and go. You don't need to get sidetracked by them right now. Just let your mind kind of uh, settle. Stay with each breath in and each breath out. And be aware of everything around you, but no need to be distracted by it or to be critical of it. Just let it come in and then let it go. So now as we come to an end of our time, let's just send merit. May everything I do and say and think today be done not only for my own benefit, but also for the benefit of all living beings everywhere throughout the universe. Thank you. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited about reading from Lama Yeshe's book. I think it's going to be very practical but and very understandable. And I think there's wonderful insight from the very beginning, from the very first pages. So this will be a, a shortcut to becoming a psychologist but it's just your own psychologist. The, under, the more we can understand our minds and the way things work in the world, the happier and the, uh, the better we can make our lives in the here and now, right in the moment. Okay, thank you so much, everyone, and thank you for being a big part of my practice.
see you tomorrow.